You are now listening to the Superhero Education Podcast, featuring Professor Eugene Pitchford and Dr. Steve Gurner. We are real educators tackling the real topics in education. Listen to be informed, inspired, and entertained. With no further ado, here are your hosts to the Superhero Educators Podcast. We want to welcome everyone to another spectacular edition of the Superhero Education Podcast, hosted by Eugene and Steve, two of the industry-leading educators in America. We have a super spectacular show this afternoon, and super excited to have a special guest, super, super special guest. But Steve, I'm going to let you do all the particulars. Thank you, Eugene. We're here and have an interview with Mike Graff, who's a lawyer from Chicago. And we thank you, Mike, for coming and being part of our podcast. Could you tell us about your professional role, Mike, and why you're so passionate about strong education? Sure, Um, thanks for having me, I appreciate it. Um, I'm a lawyer in the Chicago area. I've been practicing for about 35 years. I'd say in the last 20 years or so, I've been uh, more involved in representing uh, schools, school districts, and such in uh, various forms of litigation. Uh, to explain my passion about education, I think the the easiest way to do it is to um, talk to you very briefly about a, a case that I read when I was in law school. It's a su- Supreme Court case in 1967, and it talked about the classroom and schools in general being peculiarly the marketplace of ideas, where um, you really find truth out of the multitude of tongues. That's the the, um, language that they use. And so I've been passionate about uh, making sure that, uh, at least in the things that I do for schools and representing them, that there is this exchange of ideas that can be had between the students, the faculty, and the, the various people that are that are in and around schools on a daily basis. Well, thank you, Mike, and that's and that's exactly because of your experience and your connection to schools that we're we're thrilled that you're with us today. What's interesting is there's a, a song by Rachel Platten called "The Fight Song," real popular, and it and I want to give you a few lines here, which will give us into our introduction what we're talking about today. It says, like a small boat on the ocean, sending big waves into motion, like how a single word can make a heart open. I might only have one match, but I can make an explosion. In recent news, there is a fight. Students have a fight song, and what we're seeing, students being denied speaking at graduation, denied stating their opinions because school administrators are seeing this as against the school. We're seeing this in Florida, the valedictorian, was denied the graduation speech because of an immigrant theme, and they thought it was a poor image for the school. In New York, the valedictorian was denied the graduation speech because that student had a bad relationship with the principal, and they were concerned about that. And in Wisconsin, the valedictorian was denied the graduation speech because uh, that person was a homosexual and was going to talk about how He survived the four years of high school, but that was against the school values. So how should school administrators handle these situations where the student's devout Victorian but wants to say something that may not be consistent with the school values? 
Well, I think we have to start by uh, looking back a little bit about uh, the history of, of these uh, types of challenges and what the Supreme Court has said regarding uh, the First Amendment rights that you have um, when you're going to give a speech or uh, you're going to say something in the classroom regarding things such as homosexuality or immigration or relationships with other people, whether it be because of race or or uh, ethnicity. Um, and what the Supreme Court has said is, is that, you know, the, the First Amendment uh, does apply to those in public schools and um, that they, you do have a constitutional right, but that right has to be balanced against uh, what kinds of educational goals you might want to be uh, met in, in those situations. So my advice to most um, administrators when I'm asked that question is to try to balance uh, the ideas that are being communicated by the students against what you believe to be the legitimate goals that you have as a school. So for example, in the case uh, where there's an immigrant theme or they wanna talk about uh, race relations in the school, what I would tell those uh, administrators is, I would always um, fall on the side of the student. And maybe that's, that's just my own personal opinion, but I think that if you can balance that um, communication of the student with the goal of the school, which is to get these ideas out there, to start communication and start conversation, then I think that's the way that you should do it. And there are ways to do it. And I think, for example, in the Wisconsin case, although it's a private school, which is a little bit different, we will probably talk about that, uh, it's my understanding that the individual, uh, after presenting his initial speech to the administration, asked uh, to meet with them so that they could go over language that they would find acceptable. And I think in that situation, uh, the individual should be allowed to give his speech with the caveat that um, the administration has gone over it. It's acceptable language for everyone. and. Uh, it begins communication and conversation about issues that are important. Now, now, Mike, maybe, maybe this is a two-part question, but sure. from, from your experiences, are you getting more cases dealing with public schools or private schools? That's, that's the first half of the question. And then the second half of the question would be, I would assume you guys will hope the proper things will be done in advance before it even gets to your level. Are you seeing common mistakes? That's a very good question. Right now, I'd say um, more private school than public school. I think the public school law is fairly well settled. Um, and and um, Supreme Court is, and, and various state Supreme Courts have, have uh, weighed in on, on all of those issues. You have a First Amendment uh, right to uh, speak. Uh, there has to be a balance with legitimate educational goals. If it can be worked out beforehand, we don't generally see uh, a lot of litigation regarding that. The questions that I get come from private uh, educators, private schools, uh, because the Supreme Court has also said that um, the Bill of Rights don't uh, do not necessarily apply to private schools. And 
uh, it's more of a moral and philosophical question rather than a legal one. So they want to know, number one, can they get in trouble if they, uh, the, the administrators, can they get in trouble if they uh, do not allow the student to speak? And number two, if they want the student to speak, how, um, how do they do that without causing any uh, problems with their, you know, their other faculty, staff, parents, and, and, and those things? So the common mistakes that I think are made were, uh, is essentially when they just say, we're not going to let them speak. Uh, because I, th I think there are always ways that you can uh, talk to the student, get the student to um, revise his speech uh, so that it can talk about the issues that he, want, he or she wants to talk about, but also not uh, cross a line that the administration thinks shouldn't be crossed. So, how how do we how do we handle offending people? Then it seems like I, I like how you you describe that revising a speech because I think that's how uh, my mind would wrap around it. I'd work with students thinking about how we can make this how we can revise this speech. So are we, in your opinion, how do we handle offending people as far as presentations, speaking at school, are, are, we, are we having administrators that are just too thin-skinned with this, or is it, is it legitimate they have to really be concerned about this? Are we going too far with worrying about if we're offending um, the school? Well, I, I, quite honestly, I, I think if, if a student uh, or even an administrator who is speaking at a graduation says something, um, that hits on issues such as immigration, race, uh, sexuality, someone's going to be offended. Um, that's just the way we're polarized today, whether you're on the right or the left, whether you're progressive or conservative. Uh, and so the balance of all of that, I think, um, is necessary and, and takes some work, I, I think. You can't, you can't just um, have a student sit down, write a speech, hand it in, and say yes or no. There has to be some give and take by either the student or the administrator in order to um, allow the exchange of ideas that, quite honestly, I think are necessary in order to move forward. You know, and I, if you can get the student or the administrator, uh, whoever is giving the speech, to um, speak, but speak not to blame or accuse anybody, uh, but to start a conversation and move toward some type of healing or forgiveness, you know, I, I think that's the way to go. For example, I, I guess we'll use the, the Wisconsin example. If the um, student was going to, uh, it's my understanding that what he wanted to do was talk about the struggles that he had as a uh, homosexual um, and how people re either reacted to him or didn't react to him. If he was going to have an accusatory tone or some uh, blaming people for those struggles, I, th I think the administration could have worked with him to tone it a little bit so that um, they could start a conversation about it. This is what happened to me. These were my struggles. I understand uh, or, I, or I have issue with the way I was treated, but I want to let you know that these struggles are my struggles, 
but they're not much different than struggles that other people have under similar circumstances. And, and I think if you can move toward that uh, type of, of uh, communication, um, it serves a, a, a bigger purpose. And I think that's what you should try to do. All right, so Mike, staying with that example that you just gave uh, of the situation in Wisconsin, let me play devil's advocate for a second, because someone's sure. listening to the show and will say, well, hey, wait a minute. Mike, uh, this is a private school. You know what we're about. You know what we can and can't promote. And I'm, I'm using that word with air quotes. You know what we can and can't promote. If you talk about this, it doesn't match our mission, which allows us to disqualify your speech, whether that's the Wisconsin one, the, the New York example, or the Florida example. And if I heard you right with the prior question Steve just asked, you're saying that doesn't hold weight. Well, I'm not sure I said that. What, what, I, what I was trying to say was, that there has to be, look, this, this young man is the valedictorian of your high school. He obviously is a, a bright young man or young woman, whatever the case may be. And, um, and he has an opportunity to, to give a speech wherein he wants to tell you about the struggles that he had as a homosexual going through your school. Or let's take a... A, um, a single uh, black student at an all-white school and struggles that they would have had. Um, so you can't discount his experience. Um, he's had these experiences. Uh, one of the reasons that he is giving the speech is he's overcome some of these in, in some way. And, and I think that there has to be some work in order to allow him to identify who he is, because quite honestly, that's how he got there, and and what happened to him along that journey. And you're not promoting uh, his homosexuality, but you're allowing him to speak regarding his struggles and his day-to-day uh, -day activities um, with regard to his uh, sexuality. Uh, and I, and I, I don't know how uh, people wouldn't understand that. Um, they may not like it, they may disagree with it, uh, but I don't know how they wouldn't understand it at its base level that he's had struggles that he's had to overcome. Absolutely. So are we at a point when we just say schools should not be talking about, when we're talking graduation speeches, don't t discuss politics, don't discuss religion, don't discuss sex, that's for the family and homes and just eliminate it. Is that where we're at? Well, I, <laughs> I think that might be where some, some want to be. Uh, I would hope that we would never get to that point. Um, you know, sexuality, race, religion, all of those things are um, part of a person right, and how they, they've had to deal with these things over time is incredibly important to their journey. Um, clearly, um, a lot of these discussions should start at home, but I don't know that you can prevent them from getting into the schoolhouse. 
and particularly since um, every um, case that that um, you read from uh, from a legal perspective talks about the schools of being um, where truth is learned, uh, where there's a robust exchange of ideas and things of that nature. So I don't know how you get around that, and I hope that we never get to that point. As I said earlier, and I, I think you guys uh, also mentioned, um, you know, we're at a point um, where I don't think we can, if we can, if we can allow the students to do it. And the with the perhaps the administration's help, where it causes greater conversations and greater uh, communication about those issues, that's what we should be focusing on. Um, and, and and that's what I that's where I think we're at now. We're kind of um, going a little bit. You now the pendulum swings back and forth. So we're we're at a point where people want to. Um, maybe push back a little bit on sexuality and things of that nature. I'm not sure that's the correct way to do it, uh, but it's happening. I just think that if the administration and the student can get together, they can have a, a better exchange of ideas and actually change things going forward. Mm -hmm. I, I, Mike, I, I, I see. And I and I think that's I think that's an important you're laying out really an important uh, standard there because I think otherwise we're setting up a situation where the person you have to agree with the school's leadership with the community with the background with the politics of the situation and and I think you're really setting up not educational situations where you have critical thinkers where you're talking uh, you're helping. Uh, create problem solvers, but you're really saying agree with everything that we stand for at this one time in this narrow community or this this time frame. And and I'm not sure that's the role of education, but rather what you're talking about is really truth, um, what's just, what's someone's journey, and and being able to talk about that and learn from that and and create critical thinkers and problem solvers and solution finders. Um, I, I think that's important what you just stated there. Well, clearly one of the things that has, um, hate to get all cliche on you, but one of the things that has made this country great is the diversity uh, that we have. Um, you know, and I, I'll give you a, a cheap plug here in, in your in your book, Superhero Educate, Educator in chapter eight, you talk about diversity and that it's not, uh, not only should we embrace it, uh, but it's our responsibility to embrace it and to to do something with it. And I think that's so important because um, otherwise we we become polarized. And if you're not willing to sit down and talk um, intelligently and talk um, calmly about these issues, uh, they get lost, they get pushed back, and we never move forward. And I've always been an advocate of um, allowing people to speak as long as they're doing it um, um, with some sense of responsibility, right? You know, obviously, you can't yell um, fire in a crowded theater, nor should you advocate um, violence uh, from your pulpit. And I, and I think uh, if people would 
would sit and listen a little bit. And, you know, um, quite honestly, you talk about these, these kids, whether it's an immigration um, problem or the sexuality problem, don't you want to know um, really what those young men or women have gone through uh, to get to the place where they're at and either uh, celebrate them for doing that or help them to get to the next level? And I think that's, that's important. That's well stated, hey, Mike. Mike. Yeah, Mike, what you, what you, what you, I'm paraphrasing what you're saying is we need to use this opportunity to learn from each other to celebrate similarities and differences. And I, I, I think, Mike, that, you know, Steve and I often have this conversation on the, on the word unity. And what does that really mean? And, and whose terms is the unity under? And mm -hmm. it just sounds like we, in these cases, if you don't subscribe to 100% of a theory or a mission, then we're going to take you out of certain situations. And, and to me, they're, they're, you're, you're losing aspects of celebrating similarities, celebrating differences, learning from each other, comparing and contrasting. I may not believe in it, but this is your current reality, so I have to accept it. I mean, not that I have to go out and follow it, but you're a student here. We're, you're not a 70-year-old adult. You're a student here. And we need to figure out how we can support you as a student. And I, and I think that's uh, one thing that often gets missed out on. But, but Mike, in, in, our three cases, in our three cases that we highlighted, Florida with the immigrant theme, uh, New York, uh, with the relationship with the principal and in Wisconsin, the homosexuality. From your viewpoint, Mike, whether it's one of these three themes or something else, is there a theme that constantly gets schools in hot water more than the other? I really think it's a case-by-case -case basis. I don't think there's one thing. I've I've gotten phone calls on a variety of issues uh, that we've tried to work through and, and sat down with the uh, people involved and tried to work through them, but there is really no one um, one uh, point that that is more prevalent than the next. I will say I, I have had um, various calls recently on um, sexual orientation um, themes. Um, and that's just, I, I think, because that's the, um, that's the topic that people are most concerned about. For example, where I live here in, in the Chicago area, uh, one of the school districts um, was sued uh, because a transgender individual wanted to use the bathroom of their identity. And, you know, they, I wasn't involved in that, but they were able to work it out and um, get some things done. One that I was involved in had to do with a um, couple of individuals who were wanting to attend a summer camp who were um, transgender and how, how was the summer camp uh, 
which was a private institution going to going to handle that situation. And we sat down and we got that matter resolved uh, with the parents, the kids, and the leaders of the summer camp. So I think the sexual orientation uh, things are probably more prevalent right now than the than the other uh, issues. But uh, I I think you handle them mostly the same. Um, it takes conversation, it takes work, it takes understanding, and it takes some uh, wanting to get the problem solved, right? When you don't, when you don't want to get the problem solved, you're probably not going to get the problem solved. Absolutely. And, and let me follow up with one more question. Sure. Do you, people would assume public schools are better at working through some of these scenarios and I've worked in public and private mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure public schools are really that ahead of the curve in solving or not even solving it in working some of these issues out what would be your stance on that does public schools have have a, a, a bigger advantage well they have an advantage be um, for, in one sense because um, they know that there's probably case law out there from a legal perspective that defines what they can and can't do. From a private uh, institution perspective, you don't really have that um, the application of the, of the Bill of Rights or the First Amendment to fall back on. And so it, it takes more, I think, uh, more, more work uh, in terms of sitting down and getting people together uh, and, and why maybe the public schools aren't as successful at that is because they jump to um, a legal solution fairly quickly. The case law says X, we can do X, therefore that's what we're going to do. And that's not always, um, not always the way that it can get resolved uh, without some litigation. So I think that's why the public schools may seem to be behind because they, they fall back on um, their legal rights under the case law. And there's probably not as much, well, I know there's not as much case law in a private school. So they can't point to that uh, and say, this is how we're going to do it because that's what the court said in this other case. I don't know if that answers your question, but. Um, yep, yep, you answered it. You got okay. it. I think when you, Mike, brought up the idea of, or the theme of diversity and how we embrace diversity, I think that's really the umbrella we're talking here, because I think that's where people, initially, there's uh, a lack of understanding, there's a fear, there's, right, this idea of, uh, I, I'm scared, uh, maybe there's a slippery slope uh, fear, so people... Uh, usually HAMP, it goes around diversity and this fear and then things, people are making bad decisions based on that. So I think this will come up again and again. I think we're, we're, we're going to see this issue, whether it's graduation, uh, speakers, First Amendment, uh, sexual orientation. I think we're going to see more and more of this in our school setting and bad decisions because of the theme of diversity that you brought up. Absolutely. And, and as we talked earlier, 
I'm not sure why you wouldn't embrace the uh, the diversity. I, yes. I know it's scary, and uh, and perhaps it's you know I, I was I was uh, raised in a neighborhood that was one of the most diverse neighborhoods ever. So uh, maybe that's where I get my uh, thought process from. But I don't know how you couldn't want to embrace diversity and let um, the young men and women who want to talk about it talk about it as long as they do it. Uh, as I said, in a, a non-accusatory, non-blameful fashion, so that it can move into a bigger conversation. And, and I think that's um, incredibly important. I appreciate how you stated that, Mike. I fully agree with you. Well stated. As, as we get ready to wrap up our podcast, we're with Mike Graff, expert lawyer out of Chicago, over 35 years of experience. Mike, in conclusion, why don't you wrap up? We're talking about First Amendment best practices regarding educational speakers, school rights. What's in one sentence, what's, what advice, and you stated it already earlier, but in one sentence, what advice could you give to school administrators regarding graduation speakers? Sure. Um, if I were to be asked, I would say that the school administrators uh, in as many situations as they can allow the students to speak, but challenge them uh, so that they they use their voice uh, not to to blame anybody or accuse anybody, but to start conversations that move toward uh, more healing, uh, forgiveness, and a bigger conversation regarding the struggles that they had with whatever they were struggling with at their school. That's Mike, why you're a superhero lawyer. Thank you, I appreciate that very much. We have Mike Graff here, a lawyer, 35 years experience, Chicago area. His passion, his honesty, is, and his insights have helped us learn today. So we wanna thank you, Mike, for that. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you guys. And, and uh, if ever I can um, talk to you again, I, I'd be happy to do so. Thank you very much. Mike, we definitely, we definitely appreciate you. And when we were, um, I, I, when we were looking for for guests and get guests and like plotting out our shows, like the first six months of uh of our existence on the podcast, I said we got to get Mike on. Mike has been a great supporter and he's knowledgeable, and so I echo everything Steven said. We we definitely appreciate you coming on to the show, and and listeners, Mike gave us a lot of jewels, and one of the themes and one of the call of actions that he was basically saying is we're going to have to get out and expand our own horizons. Um, so we are interacting with people of different races, different genders, different belief systems, uh, different education levels, different occupations. And what, what I think Mike is saying is that the more diverse we are, the better we become because now we have additional tools in the tool belt. That's what I like to tell our future teachers. Try to absolutely every, try to experience everything you can. There's some you're gonna like, some you're not gonna like, but it gives you the necessary tools for your tool belt. And as teachers who will be the predominant listen listeners of the show, you just can't have your own tools. Because when you walk into a classroom as a teacher, principal, hook, psychologist, most of the people will have other experiences other than yours. You got to know their worlds too. And so that's why I really appreciate you saying it. 
because you said in the very technical form, but it's actually what we do in the classroom and in our schoolhouses. So I, I definitely appreciate you. And before I toss it back to Steve, I, I just want to ask this, and if you're willing, that's fine. And if you're not, that's fine too. But make sure you plug your firm so people can know how to get in, potentially get in contact with you for your area of work. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, it's simply Michael R. Graf, PC in Arlington Heights, Illinois. And uh, you know, I, I appreciate you allowing me to come on and talk with you. It's a, it's a subject that I'm passionate about, and I, I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. We will be talking with Mike again and learning from Mike again soon on our podcast. Thanks again, Mike. And that was our Superhero Education Podcast. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to our Superhero Education Podcast. We hope you gained valuable insights and key concepts to battle the chaos and save the day for all students. Boldly transform lives and be a superhero educator.